Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. See, let's give it for Jesus across this place. Come on. Man, we are so excited you guys are here today. Man, we're back on our Bridge Builders series. And man, just having a great time connecting people to the vision of Transformation Church. And here's, here's one thing that I know uh, is that God is looking to do great things in people's lives. Now, with that said, how many have ever wished, or how many guys have ever thought about winning the lottery before? Come on, anybody, anybody, like, especially, I know married people, I feel like married people do this more, but I'm sure everyone does this. You ever got, you have, every one of you have plans for what happens when you win that billion. Come on, anybody, right? right we're going to do this, we're going to do this. They're like, have you played the lottery? You're like, no, 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 no. But I got plans, though. If I find that winning lottery ticket, I got plans. Uh, and I know for, like, uh, me and Ashley, my wife, we talk about it all the time. You know, like, so it's, people are like, man, what are you going to do? You're going to build a mansion? You're going to do this? You're going to do that? I'm like, no. My wife's going to buy 100 acres and put the biggest pit bull rescue you've ever seen in your life on it. That's what my wife would do. But... Uh, and so she's like, I want to be really far away from neighbors, and I want a lot of dogs. I'm saying, so you want to be far from people and close to animals. She's like, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's my whole life. So my wife is a person, like, she sees someone walking a dog. She'll avoid eye contact with the person, but go straight to the dog. Uh, so that's my wife. She's amazing. Anyways, but we talk about it all the time. Now, here's the, here's the reality that I think, or a question at least, that I think some of us could think about as we think about, like, what we would do if we won the lottery, right, is... If you only had $5 left, $5 left to your name, would you buy a lottery ticket with it? Probably not, right? Some of you are like, well, no, you're, you're probably not going to do that, right? Equally, right, if you had a billion dollars with a B, come on, if you had Elon Musk money, all right, if you had a billion dollars, would you take that billion and risk it all to buy lottery tickets to try to get $2 billion? No, right? You're like, I can live off a billion. <laughs> Trust me, we could all live off a billion. All right, so the, the, the reality is this, right? If you only had a little bit left, you're not going to try to th throw that away. And simultaneously, if you had, uh, you know, more than you could ever dream of, you're not going to try to risk it all to get more. Now, the reason I say all of this is because in the Bridge Builder series, we're talking about God's favor in our lives. Now, the reason I ask you this question is I believe that is actually the approach we take to God when it comes to his favor. Here's the two approaches I think most people take to God, right? We either look at our finances, right, in our life, and we say, you know what, I don't have enough. And since I don't have enough, I can't trust God with what I have. But the reality is there's only one person you can trust with what you have, and it's God. So, so we, there's a group of us that, and I think we're all guilty of this in certain seasons of our life, saying, you know, I don't have enough, therefore I can't, I can't give to God what he asked me to give to him because then I won't have enough. But hear me, if you don't have enough, there's one thing you need, and that's God's favor to be able to carry you through seasons where you don't have enough. You with me today? Simultaneously, I think many of us come to the place where we, have, like, we, we wait until we have a surplus, and then we trust God. We're saying, okay, now I've worked hard enough and I'm at a good place. Now I'll trust God. But does that really mean you're trusting God? Or are you just waiting till you trust yourself enough to be obedient? And so I think we fall into one of those two camps. So either we wait till we have enough. And how many guys have realized we never have enough? Come on, help me out. 
Anybody? So we either wait till we have enough, which inevitably never happens, or, right, we never have enough, and so we never be faithful, and then when a hard time comes, we throw a fiver in the offering plate and tell God what he better do. Come on, don't look at me like that. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. I dropped a five. All right, God, you better come through this week. I, threw I got five on it, all right? I got five on it. Okay, sorry. sorry. Right. And now, neither one of those postures are helpful for us. Now, for the record, God is a God of grace and mercy. He loves us. What I want to help you understand today is that you're not playing the lottery when it comes to God's favor. Matter of fact, I'll say it like this. You can ensure God's favor on your life. Now, let me be real clear for a second. It looks different for everyone. So if you look at the person next to you right now, go ahead and have them look. Not dreamy-eyed now. All right, single folks, calm down. All right. But the person next to you, their favor will likely look different than yours. But here's the beautiful part. When we walk in favor, we can always trust that God's going to take care of us no matter what we need. Right? And so here's the deal. I think many of us live on circumstances, not principles. I'm going to say it again. Many of us live on circumstance. When the circumstances are right, I'll trust God. When the circumstances aren't right, oh, no, God. And for the record, this goes way beyond money. How many guys know we're like this with our family? I, I need control of my kids. And then when it gets bad enough, we're like, God, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> right? Right? We do this with our family, our faith. our family. Like we, we do it with a lot of things. But here's the thing that we need to understand as Christians. See, you see, God is not changing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Y'all with me today? Like, so God doesn't change. God is a principle God. So I put it like this. God is a principle God, not a circumstantial God. How many guys are glad that God doesn't sway with his circumstances? How many are glad you get grace today the way you got it yesterday, and it's not predicated on how good you were yesterday? Anybody? Come on, seven of us. The rest of y'all? Y'all just perfect, huh? Y'all walking around, you don't need extra grace? Come on, anybody ever needed more mercy one day than they did the other? Anybody woke up before and been like, thank God I'm not going to be judged on yesterday because you lost it yesterday, right? I've seen some of y'all. I've seen you, boy. All y'all don't have tinted windows. I've seen some of y'all. The reality is this. God is a principal God, not a circumstantial God. He does what he does on principle. Therefore, we should be principle-led people, not circumstantial people. We, we should live life based on principle because we serve a God who's based on principle. You with me today? But how many guys know that's hard? And so today I want to talk to you about being a bridge builder because I think we actually have more control over what God does in our life than we might think. We think God's just playing the lottery with our favor, but that's not the case. He actually outlined some things for us that I want to show you today, and if we'll commit to it, we can walk in God's favor in our lives. So I, I phrase this in a question. What if you could have full confidence in God's favor in your life? Like what if you could have full confidence that God's favor is on your life? Now, again, that's going to look different for everyone. Am I promising you a mansion tomorrow? Nope. Am I promising you a million dollars? Nope. Am I promising you that you could align yourself with God according to his word so that no matter where you are and what you go through, you can trust him to be the one that leads you through it? Absolutely. Because bridge builders walk in favor because their lives are built on principles. I'm going to say again, bridge builders, which is the series we're talking about, bridge builders, they, 
They walk in favor. Their life is favored. I, I was raised by two amazing parents who are bridge builders. And I don't literally mean like they construct bridges as much as I mean they help move people on a journey. They, they're generous. They're invested. They walk in favor. And one of the things my dad has always taught me is the favor of God is more valuable than wealth. So will you always see it in a bank account? No. But could you see it in your children as you raise them? Yes. Will you always see it in how big your house is? Maybe not. But can you see it in the way that you never want for anything because God's faithful throughout time? Yes. And so bridge builders walk in favor because their life is built on principles. But here's the deal. We tend to let circumstances dictate our life rather than principle dictating our life. And if you let circumstances dictate your life instead of principle, say principle, you'll always live in a state of inconsistency. How many guys know circumstances are inconsistent? Come on. Parents in the room, how many guys know your kids are inconsistently obedient? Right? Don't look at them right now. Don't look at them right now. Now, to be fair, teenagers, how many guys know sometimes your parents are inconsistent? (laughs) Easy, easy, easy. You need a ride home. (laughs) Easy. A simple head nod will do. All right? Let's go to Ephesians 4 for a second. I want to walk you through what Paul had to say about this. And when Paul opens up Ephesians 4, he talks about how that God gave the church, the, the pastors, the prophets, the teachers, the apostles. He, he gives the fivefold ministry, but he says he's given them to the church so that the leaders could equip the church for ministry. Okay, so, so in other words, God wants to mature the body through pastors and through teachers. He, so, so our job, for the record, our job isn't to do everything in the church. It's to equip you as the church to be the church. So, but then he says this, then as they become mature, and this is a maturing conversation about being generous and being a bridge builder, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves of life. How many guys could I can see how that happens a lot? And blown here and there by every teaching. What else does it say, right? In the, in the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming, instead, say instead, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, meaning all of us, every person, is joined and held together by supporting ligaments. It grows and it builds itself up as each part does its work. So we have a role to play in this. So we can live a more consistent life if we'll commit to the right kind of life. That's why we have to understand that bridge builders are called. So bridge builders, let me just help you if you're new. They exist to get people from here to there. Bridge builders exist to get people from here, say here, to there, say there. So in other words, where is here? Wherever somebody might be. So, so our calling as bridge builders, right, is to build the bridge that other people get to cross to experience God. And we do that in our serving. We do that in our giving. We do that in our generosity. We do that in our faithfulness. We do, we do that in the life that we live. How, how many of you have ever lived the life or seen someone live the life that as they watched you or as you watched someone else, they gave you a confidence that you could trust God more by watching them trust God? right? Why? What's happening? They're showing you the bridge on how you can get from here to there, all right? So, so that's the goal. And in Joshua chapter 1, 
God's speaking to Joshua. He gives him a command. Now, to get kind of catch you up, he's going to use Joshua to lead his people into the promised land. And as he's getting ready to do that, Moses is now gone, but God wants to tell Joshua, he wants to give him some instructions. And he gives him a if, say if, and then he gives him a then. He says, if, if you do this, then you can see this. So let's go there. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn it from it from the right or the left. That you may be successful, say successful, wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Say that next word with me. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So God gives, a, God gives Joshua, and I believe that what God gave Joshua in that time is also what we can follow today, which is if we'll commit to what God has called us to do, then we can trust God to do his part in our lives. But here's the deal, and I just believe this is where a lot of people are today. We want God to do his part, but we're not doing ours. So God, I'm expecting you to do this, be this, have this, provide this. And God's going, cool, cool, cool. I called, those other, I called you to do this. And you're like, ooh, I, that's not convenient for my schedule. I called you to be faithful with this. Ah, I know. I called you to give this. Yeah, God, but you know, we're going to, we're trying to go on a trip next year. And God's saying, see, you're not faithful to trust me, but then you're wanting something from me. And listen to me, I'm not saying God still won't take care of you. What I'm saying is it becomes very difficult to have faith in God when we know we're not following him. Right? And so I want to give you three things that bridge builders are and try to help shape this for you so that you can perhaps see just a small change in your life might help you walk in the favor that we're talking about. Now, again, I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. Listen, grace in your life from Jesus is predicated on one thing and one thing alone, faith in Jesus that he, when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins. That's it. We're not talking about being saved right now. We're talking about walking in favor as believers in Christ. You with me? And so I want to make sure we're clear on that. But the first thing that bridge builders are is bridge builders are generous people. Bridge builders are generous like, bridge builders live a generous life. Show me someone that has favor, and I'll show you a generous person. Like, it's inevitable it happens. The problem is, many of us live like the seagulls or the birds or whatever on Finding Nemo. Mine. Mine. mine, mine right? right? When God's like, hey, I want you to do, you're like, Mine. But in all seriousness, God says, hey, I want you to be faithful with this part of your life. And you're like, mine? Mine? Anybody ever seen a toddler before? Around toys? You ever notice how every toy is theirs? Even if it's not? Right? Go to that nursery right now and put a toy in the corner and hide it. And a toddler that's never seen it before will see another kid playing with it and be like, mine? Why? They, they want it all, baby. Give it to me, right? And here's the deal. I think many of us are that way with what God's given us. We're looking around, mine? God calls us to do mine? And can I tell you something? The reality is this. When God calls us to be obedient with something, he's calling us to not look at it as what's ours. Listen to me. Everything you have, you have because God lets you borrow it. Everything I have, I have because God let me borrow it. Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 9 is, is a passage, and it's talking about 
uh, on the year of Jubilee. So to catch you up on what's happening in this passage, there's a year of Jubilee in the Bible. It happened every 50 years in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, every 50 years, any debt you had to someone was wiped away and you instantly were free from it. So the year of Jubilee, if you owed someone, you know, 46 cows or something, you know, it's Old Testament. So you owe someone 46 cows and they're looking at you like, hey, on the 50th year of Jubilee, you no longer owe that debt. It gets wiped clean. The problem is, how many of y'all know if you were on year 49, you'd be really second-guessing some of them loans? Come on, help me out. Don't look at me like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Someone's like, can I borrow 10 grand? And you know it's like year 49. You're like, I'm probably not going to get that back. <laughs> You're like, I don't know if I'm loaning that to you, right? And here's what God had to say. I want to help you out with it. He says, but if there are any poor Israelites in your towns when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving to you, he says, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. Do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone alone because the year for canceling debts, talking about Jubilee, is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you'll be considered guilty of sin. So if there's a need, if God calls you to give something, if God calls you to be generous and you don't do that, regardless of what the person does with what you've given them, you not doing it makes you more guilty than what they are. So God calls us to be generous. The problem is many of us are trying to build something for ourselves rather than be generous with what God's given us. And let me just help you out today. God's blessings are meant to flow through me, not to me. God's blessings are meant to flow through me. Not so, so God's not giving you what he's giving you so that you can build more and more and more and more and more. No, no, no. God's giving you what he's giving you so that you can be someone that gives back out of what God's given to you. So bridge builders are generous people because we see that our life isn't meant to have God's just blessings flow to me. It's meant to flow through me so that we can touch a world. That's why Deuteronomy 15.10, it says, give generously to the poor, right? Not grudgingly for the Lord your God will bless you in everything that you do. So God is looking for us to be generous with our lives. That's what it also says in 2 Corinthians 9. It says, you shouldn't be sorry that you gave or feel forced to give. God loves a cheerful giver. That's why at TC, when we get up to take up an offering, I, I listen, I've been in churches. So they're like, everyone today that's going to give $2,000, stand up right now. And I'm like, I'm not standing. I'm sitting like I've never sat before. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like I, this is the sittingest I've ever been. I don't, I don't even know if my legs work right now. I'm sitting so bad. Like, you know, but they're, they're, hey, what, and essentially it's kind of a shame environment where you're able to see all the people that are going to give their money and you're like, all right, I'll give something. And what, what's happening? You're, you're being forced to do something. But listen, God, God wants you to give because your heart's cheerful about being generous. God wants you to have a cheerful heart about it. That's why for us, we're just like, hey, listen, you pray and whatever God tells you, do that. Because we, we don't want to be in an environment where we're trying to make you do. No, no, no. Here's a vision. This is what God's calling us to. If he's calling you to do it, be part of it. And hear me. If you want to walk in favor, just say yes to whatever he tells you. That's our job. And that's how we're leading you. But here's the deal. This is why we need to become conduits, not reservoirs of God's blessing. We need to become conduits, not reservoirs of God's blessing in our lives. So we can live a generous life. So bridge builders are generous people. But here's the deal. Bridge builders are also grateful people. 
Bridge builders are grateful people. They're, man, they're grateful. They're, they're grateful for what they have. They're grateful for what God has done. And in Deuteronomy, uh, God is talking to the people of Israel, and he tells them this, and it starts with this one word. I want to show you in Deuteronomy 15, 15, right? He says this, remember, say remember. Remember that you were once slaves in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you, got you out of there. And that's why I'm giving you this command. And one of the things that God speaks to him when he tells him to remember, he says, I, I want you to remember. Why do I want you to remember? Because you'll be grateful as long as you're remembering where I brought you from. And listen to me. The reason we're grateful, listen, we, we, we weren't slaves in Egypt, but listen to me, we were definitely slaves in our sin. Like, we were on track for hell till Jesus rescued us. Like, we, we were going to hell until Jesus paid the price for our sins. And so we were committed. We were on highway to hell, if you will. Like, we were on track to go there, and Jesus interrupted that journey. And so now we're no longer on that journey, and God invites us to do the same thing. Remember where you were going. And now recognize where I've brought you from. And since I brought you through that in your spiritual life, you can trust me with your temporary life. So we're grateful, not just for what God's done in our finances or at our job, but listen to me, we're grateful for what he's done for our eternity. Like we're grateful people. Turn to your neighbor and say grateful. That's why James 1.17, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created, all right, let's go there. It's coming down from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So listen, because God's been faithful to us, we can be faithful in return. And listen, because God's been faithful to us, we have a posture of gratefulness. We have, we have the attitude of gratitude. And I think for many people, this is where a lot of us mess it up because a lot of us think we were good enough in our life that we think God still owes us something. Like, God, God, God I, I, you know, I was pretty good. You, you owe me a word. Is that it? The reality is, listen, every good thing we have is because God's been good to us. So bridge builders are grateful because we can look at our life and go, man, I may not be where I want to be. I may, be, I may not be exactly where I plan to be, but I'm not where I could be if it weren't for God. Like I could see my trajectory. And listen to me, I think some of you, lean in for just a minute. I want you to take a moment. I want you really to think for a second. What in your life you have to be grateful for right now? Think of the number of things in your life you probably don't deserve, but God's been good to give it to you anyways. Think of the number of ways that you probably could have lost what you had, but God was faithful to let you keep having it. Bridge builders are grateful people. I look at my life and I'm like, God, thank you so much. I, I got a million reasons not to be on this stage. I got a million reasons not to lead you amazing, beautiful people. Some of you are like, he called me beautiful. I got a million reasons not to be here today. And God didn't use a single one of them. And he called me, man, I, I, I'm so grateful. And because I'm grateful, God, whatever you call me to, the answer is already yes. The answer is already yes because I live a life of principle, not a life of circumstance. 
Because here's the last thing we want you to understand is that bridge builders are blessed. Bridge builders are blessed people. Show me a blessed person, and I'll show you that they're a bridge builder. In other words, I'll show you that they're generous, they're grateful, that they encourage people, that they give faithfully. And listen, I just want to help you out today. I don't know what any single person in this church gives. Nothing. I, I have no idea. I can't see it. We, we set it up that way. This isn't something I want from you. This is something I want for you. you you're not, I'm not going to see you any differently. If you never gave financially to Transformation Church and you start today, I'll never know. I'll love you the same because I won't know. Unless you walk up and tell me. Then I'll be like, all right, brother. You know, I'm just kidding. I won't know. But here's the deal. God will. And he gives favor to those who are faithful. That's just it. Proverbs 19, 17. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they've done. And in Psalm 112, it says, Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. And the word blessed there literally means barakah. It comes from the word barakah, which means that we sit under the hands of God. We're kneeling under the open hand of God, and the hands are open, nothing reserved. Like, so to be blessed in this context means literally we're sitting under God, and he's opening his hands of favor over our life, and he's pouring out favor on. Anybody, is that where anybody else wants to live? That's where I'm trying to be. Seven, eight, nine of us. The rest of y'all good, huh? Y'all planning on that lottery. That's what y'all are doing? Listen, I said, how many of y'all want to live that kind of life where God's blessing and favor is on our life? Listen, that's what I'm inviting you into, blessed. So what is it going to take? Live a life following his commands. What are his commands? Don't make it circumstantial. Make it principle. This is what I'm going to, I'm choosing to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And there's two ways that we do it. And some of you didn't, maybe you didn't grow up in church, so you never heard, you've never even been explained the difference between these two things. I just want to give them to you very quickly, Okay. I just want to help you out. Again, this isn't something I want from you. It's something I want for you. Because this is how you unlock that favor. And there's two ways in our generosity. One is tithing. And what is tithing? Tithing is a covenant with God choosing to surrender to him as your source. That's what tithing is. So you say, how much should I tithe? Well, in the Old Testament, it was 10% of whatever you made. That's what you tithe. I still follow that for my life. That's what me and my wife do. We believe that's still what God wants from us. But here's what I'll tell you. I believe what you need to do is pray and let God speak to you about what that's supposed to be. All right? Because we live under grace, not under the law. So there's not a demand for that. You have to hit this number, and if you don't, you're failing. No, 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 no. What is God speaking to you? Maybe he's speaking to you that 3% or 5% or 17%, whatever. Whatever he tells you, you be faithful. Now, some, some people go, Brad, I can't afford that. Maybe. A, if God spoke it to you, listen to me, he'll make it possible for you to do it. That's why it's a covenant trusting him as your source. So listen, when you go, I can't do it, I can't afford it. Right. In your own power, you can't. But with God's favor, you can. Listen, there's nothing you have that's yours anyways. It's all God's. So if he gave you this much, he can give you more to be faithful what he's called you to. So there's tithing and then there's your offering. And your offering is giving beyond your tithe to live a generous life. Now, if I were to come over here to Nate and say, Nate, 
I need $100. Nate's going to give me $100. The first reason is because I cut his paycheck. <laughs> so he's like, sure. <laughs> but here's the question I have for you. If I walked up to Nate right before this service started, I said, Nate, here's $100. I'm going to ask for it in a little bit. Will you give it back to me? Would it be an inconvenience to Nate to turn around and give me the thing I already gave to him? Would it be unjust for me to ask it from him if all I was doing is saying, hey, hold on to this for a little bit until I ask for it back? That wouldn't be unjust or unfair. Listen to me. That's what tithing is, and that's what our offering is. Everything you have is a gift from God. And at certain points in our life, he says, I want some of that back because I want to do something with it. And in doing so, you're going to lock into a covenant where I take care of you constantly. When you show me I'm your source, I'll be the source you could never be for your own life. That's what God does. And so when we commit to that, we're committing to watching God be faithful and give us favor in our lives. And this has never been more relevant and never, I've never seen this more in, our, in my own personal life than we, when me and Ashley first got married. When we first got married, we did what a lot of y'all did. We had that ramen budget, friends. Come on, I can make ramen 37 different ways right now. I can make egg drop ramen, right? I can make Cajun creamy ramen. Can you buy that in the stores? No, but I can make it. But I say all that to say is this. When we actually got married, uh, we were, man, we were set. Um, I owned three companies in my 20s. Uh, I, I worked a full-time job outside of those three companies, and I volunteered at church. So any of y'all that are like, I don't have time, all right. But I did all those things. We made fantastic, we made great money back then. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure we made more money then than we still make now 13 years later. But here's one thing I knew. I knew God called me to go into full-time ministry. And for the record, full-time ministry don't make that kind of money. So if any of y'all think we're doing this to get rich, <laughs> not even close. But I remember God called me and he said, this is, I want you to be in full-time ministry. I knew I was going to become a pastor. And at one point it was like, all right, we got to make the decision. And we sold two of the companies. One of them I just shut down. Um, and we said yes. And we took a monumental pay cut to go into full-time ministry. Now, let me pause right here for a second because I just want, I want to give you some confidence We've never struggled or gone without from that day. I'm talking $50,000 pay cut, and we've never struggled or gone without. Obviously, we're doing fine, all right? <laughs> y'all didn't have to laugh that hard. That's the, that's the, that's the hardest y'all laughed all day, and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> we've done fine, because listen to me, it wasn't up to me. It was never up to me to make that money. It was up to God to provide favor in our lives. I, hope you're see I want you to see what I'm talking about for a second. And I remember we had just gotten married and we were, we were at an event and we were getting ready to build a bomb shelter in Israel outside of a daycare, which for the record, we did, the whole church, we paid for a bomb shelter in Israel. And they've been using it for the last three weeks in Israel outside of that daycare for three, four, and five-year-olds to, to hide in. Really special. And this has nothing to do with this, but by the way, Pastor Dan's doing a teaching on Israel this Wednesday night, uh, November 1st, that first Wednesday. So if you're wanting to know kind of some more information about what's going on, come out first Wednesday, this, this coming up Wednesday night. Anyways, not related. 
And uh, we were raising money to build this bomb shelter. I think it was $100,000 is what we were raising. We were a small church back then. And my wife comes up to me. She says, how much can we give? And I don't do the finances in our house. We could have a million dollars right now. I'd have no idea. All I get is a text once a week in all caps. It says, stop spending money. That's all I know. So we could be rich. I wouldn't know it. So <clears throat> she comes up to me. She goes, how much should we give? I said, I don't know. How much can we afford to give? And she gave me a number. I said, great, double that, and that's what we'll give. And she looked at me the way some of you are looking at me right now. And I said, listen, there's no better soil to put seed in than Israel and children in Israel. We're going to say yes to this, and we're just going to trust God. We're just going to trust God. And and." Her being a mountain of faith said, oh, okay. (laughs) And we did. We we gave. We we doubled it and we gave it. Fast forward uh, literally just a few months. Her mom had cancer and ended up, she, she went home to be with the Lord. Powerful woman of faith. Went home to be with the Lord. And... Ashley's an only child, so her and her dad, they were taking care of everything. And she ended up having to take a few months off to just help with all those things. She ran out of paid time off. And one of her coworkers at work found out, and they communicated to a few people. And they donated dozens and even close to hundreds of hours to her to give, give her their paid time off hours so she could continue to keep her salary coming in as she was taking care of her family. God provided that through those people. You guys hear what I'm saying today? Like, we were faithful in one moment, and God was faithful in return. And then after that, we found out our son was sick. If you don't know, we have a, a, we, uh, our son Jabin, got, he had a brain disease. He passed away in May of 2018. But before that, we went on a three-and-a-half-year journey of hospitals, doctors, I mean, it was, it, was, it was a wild ride. And we accumulated over a half a million dollars worth of hospital bills. And just before we had Jabin, she got a phone call from a friend that says, I want you to come work at this job. And where she was working, her nor I had health insurance. But she gets this job, gets recruited to take this job, ends up getting state health insurance, And little did we know that a year later, we were going to start accumulating a half a million dollars worth of medical bills. And hear me, to this day, we're debt-free other than our home because God's favor has showed up over and over and over and over in our lives. And I tell you, I tell you that story, excuse me, I tell you that story because I want to, I hope to show you, I'm not asking you to do anything God hadn't asked me to do. God asked all, he asked this of all of us. And hear me, that moment, I do believe something, because that, that moment with the Israel bomb shelter, that, that was very early in our marriage. And we made a decision then, we were going to be principal people, and we were going to live with a principal marriage. And we were always going to be generous, and we were always going to say yes to everything God called us to. And if he called us to it, he would help us, he would give us the resources to go through it. That's what we've done, and to this day, God has given us favor. Are we rich? Absolutely not. Do we walk in favor? Absolutely. And so I'm inviting you to the life of saying yes to the favor of God. How do I do it? Let me give this to you quickly and we'll close. Make generosity a principle for your life, not circumstantial in your life. I promise you, you'll see the favor of God show up. Again, it's not something I want from you. It's something I want for you. 
I want to see you walk in the favor that God has for you. And if we did it together, I want you to think about this as we close. Imagine what kind of impact you could have. Say impact. I want you to imagine what kind of impact you could have if we saw every act of generosity as a bridge being built to draw others toward God. What if every yes didn't just bring favor to us, but it created a pathway for others to get closer to God? We could do that together and help change the world. So let's do it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that every good thing comes from you. We thank you, God, that you've blessed us. So, Lord, I pray right now that you move on our heart to say yes, to being bridge builders, to being generous, to being grateful, and to living blessed. We thank you for that today. Speak to every heart today, God, in Jesus' name. If you're here today, friend, you say, I do want to walk in favor, but if I were to be honest, Jesus is not the word of my life, but he needs to be. If that's you, even though sin separated all of us from God, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your sins. And today, to be forgiven, all it takes is putting your faith in him. And if you're ready to do that today, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me, and the whole church will pray it with you. So you're not praying by yourself. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's get it for all those that prayed that today. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.